Hello and welcome to another episode of Sapphic Talks. In this episode, I'm going to be discussing a one Miss Joanne Kathleen Rowling, who is actually a Mrs. Uh, But anyway, I'm going to be talking about some of her tweets and statements surrounding gender ideology and the reaction that her opinions have elicited from not just trans rights activists, uh, but the general public. And this is quite an interesting subject for me because, believe it or not, A couple of years ago, I didn't actually agree with most of JK Rowling's views, but now that has changed and uh, I'll be discussing my reasons for that a little later on in this episode. I am sure most of you are familiar with JK Rowling as the author of the Harry Potter book series. She's also someone who has dedicated a lot of time and money to charity. She has a charitable trust uh, that focuses on alleviating social deprivation in Scotland with a particular emphasis on women and children. Uh, She also funds medical research into MS uh, and my own personal perception of her is that she's fairly well educated, uh, reasonable and kind, but that is just a personal perception uh, and has no bearing on reality because I've never met her, uh, but that said, I will be referring to her as Jo throughout this episode uh, for brevity's sake. First off, uh, I should say as a disclaimer, I am very much a fan of Jo's work, uh, but I do also recognise that she is a human being, and therefore I don't put her up on a pedestal or an elevated platform, because she's not perfect, uh, no human being is, and as a result, Uh, I don't have unrealistic expectations of her. She's also in the public eye uh, and the lay of the land uh, when you're in the public eye is you will be criticised for whatever you say. The two just go hand in hand. So whilst I don't think it's unreasonable that she has been even heavily criticised for her views, I very much do think the reaction that some people have had as a result of her speaking out about the impact of gender ideology on women has been very revealing of how misogynistic trans rights activism is. And Jo, of course, is no stranger to misogyny. The reason her pen name is JK Rowling and not Joanne Rowling is because she was told by publishers to use a pen name in order to disguise her gender in a bid to appeal to a wider audience. Publishers didn't think that young boys or men would want to read a book written by a woman, which is, of course, misogynistic, Uh, Young girls and women are expected to want to read books by male authors, but that's for another episode. Uh, It is funny to think about that now, because everybody and their dog knows who she is and what her contribution to children's literature has been, and it may even be one of the greatest contributions ever if we're measuring Harry Potter in terms of success and popularity. But returning to the misogyny of trans rights activism, which Jo has been subjected to, only a woman could elicit this kind of outrage for establishing what is essentially concern about the comfort and safety of women and the suggestion of a boundary. Jo has never once said anything even remotely hateful or with the intention of punching down on trans-identified people. She's only ever spoken out motivated by her concern over the safety and comfort of women. Uh, In fact, let's move on to some of the things that Jo has tweeted or talked about in her essay regarding gender ideology. Uh, She's posted a number of things, uh, but I've really just picked out a couple of examples that I want to discuss specifically. 
So the first series of tweets of hers that I want to discuss uh, is this. If sex isn't real, there's no same-sex attraction. If sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased. I know and love trans people, but erasing the concept of sex removes the ability of many to meaningfully discuss their lives. It isn't hate to speak the truth. The idea that women like me, who have been empathetic to trans people for decades, feeling kinship because they're vulnerable in the same way as women, i.e. to male violence, hate trans people because they think sex is real and has lived consequences, is a nonsense. I respect every trans person's right to live any way that feels authentic and comfortable to them. I'd march with you if you were discriminated against on the basis of being trans. At the same time, my life has been shaped by being female. I do not believe it's hateful to say so. Now, of course, everything that Joe has said here makes complete sense and is very balanced and empathetic towards trans-identified individuals. The only way you could interpret these series of tweets as hateful is if you think having concerns about women is hateful or questioning gender ideology in itself is hateful or you equate someone establishing that sex is real to punching down on trans-identified individuals. Which, of course, many people may interpret all of this as hateful because they're not considering the impact that disregarding sex will have on women's safety and comfort. Now, Jo is expressing her view with this impact in mind, but because a lot of people haven't caught up or been educated on the damage that gender ideology can do, people tend to jump to the conclusion that these kinds of opinions stem from a place of bad intentions or misinformation. Uh, And throughout history, there is an actual visible pattern that women are much more likely to be accused of acting with malicious intent than men. Uh, And in fact, there are actually historical records in relation to witch trials where women and men were both accused of using magic, but the people who were accused of using it with malicious intent were overwhelmingly, almost exclusively women. And we see this sentiment repeated in the modern day. And I believe the way that Joe's opinions have been received uh, is a prime example of this. Now, the second tweet from Joe that I'd like to discuss uh, is this, uh, and this is an interesting one for me. She tweeted, People who menstruate, I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Uh, someone help me out. Wumban, Wimpund, Woomud. Now, personally speaking, I hadn't peaked uh, when Joe first tweeted this, and I remember this particular tweet being perceived by myself uh, as a mockery of inclusivity. I feel like that she perhaps tweeted this in a moment of frustration, and whilst I totally understand that frustration, uh, if you're not educated on the harm that gender ideology is causing, uh, this kind of tone can come across as slightly immature. Uh, I didn't think she was ever coming from a place of hatred because she's never struck me as somebody who is hateful. But I did think uh, before I had peaked that she was slightly misinformed or not really taking trans-identified people into consideration in this particular tweet. Uh, For example, back then, in my own view, I thought, well, some trans-identified females, you know, also known as trans men, uh, do have periods. So changing the 
language surrounding periods uh, is just being inclusive and surely that's a good thing. Of course, what I realise now is that completely erasing the word woman uh, is problematic and that truth is manipulated through use of language. So when the language that we use is not truthful, facts can become obscured and our reality can become distorted. And the people who will suffer most from this um, are women. But because of Jo's initial wording and tone uh, and the fact that she had done extensive research, which other people may not have been privy to, uh, this tweet initially came across to me as a mockery of trans-identified people rather than an explanation about the damage that this change of language was doing to women. I feel sometimes the way in which an argument is presented can be equally as important as the argument itself. However, she did rectify this in her essay, which she wrote explaining her views uh, in detail. And I've picked out that segment in relation to this tweet in which she uh, explains her views more thoroughly. Uh, she says, But, as many women have said before me, uh, woman is not a costume. Woman is not an idea in a man's head. Woman is not a pink brain, a liking for Jimmy Choo's, or any of the other sexist ideas now somehow touted as progressive. Moreover, the inclusive language that calls female people menstruators and people with vulvas strikes many women as dehumanising and demeaning. I understand why trans activists consider this language to be appropriate and kind, but for those of us who have had degrading slurs spat at us by violent men, it's not neutral, it's hostile and alienating. Yes, so in comparison to what she tweeted, uh, you know, in relation to the change of language, the way that she words it in her essay is much more digestible and it highlights how important uh, the use of tone and language is in this argument. Uh, and in fact, she goes on to stress the point that trans-identified people uh, also are at a particular risk of male violence and that they deserve support. But the support and resources that trans-identified people need, particularly trans-identified males, shouldn't impact on the safety and comfort of women who need single-sex spaces. Uh, Joe goes on to say, I believe the majority of trans-identified people not only pose zero threat to others, but are vulnerable for all the reasons I've outlined. Trans people need and deserve protection. Like women, they're most likely to be killed by sexual partners. Trans women who work in the sex industry, particularly trans women of colour, are at particular risk. Like every other domestic abuse and sexual assault survivor I know, I feel nothing but empathy and solidarity with trans women who have been abused by men. So I want trans women to be safe. At the same time, I do not want to make natal girls and women less safe. When you throw open the doors of bathrooms and changing rooms to any man who believes or feels he's a woman, and, as I've said, gender confirmation certificates may now be granted without any need for surgery or hormones, then you open the door to any and all men who wish to come inside. That is the simple truth. You know, reading Joe's essay again in preparation for this episode, it made me feel guilty for the way I'd initially reacted to what she was saying. 
because it's so clear to me now that this essay came from a place of trauma in relation to her own experiences as a woman and also out of concern for other women. And the fact that people disregard that and the fact that even I disregarded that to an extent is misogynistic. And overall, I think when she takes the time to express how she's feeling in a clear and reasonable manner, she comes across as very sincere and intelligent, which is what we need because the subject matter is so controversial. You know, I think the approach and the tone matters greatly. Now, I don't see an issue with people criticising anything that Jo has said. Uh, It's a two-way street. She can say how she feels and so can other people. But from what I can see, the reaction to her views seems to be less about acknowledging what she's saying and her concerns about women's safety and more about her being a punching bag for trans rights activists who treat her as though she's responsible for every single hardship that trans-identified people have ever encountered. Even though she's a not responsible in any way for the systemic oppression of or violence towards trans-identified people around the world, and B has stated that trans-identified people are a vulnerable minority who need protecting, which is hardly something that a transphobic bigot would point out. Uh, And even still, trans rights activists uh, have stood outside her family home in an attempt to intimidate her, called her all the names under the sun, tried to get her and her life's work cancelled, you know, and just excluded from this, that and the third. It just, it feels like people won't be happy until her and everything that she's worked for is just in ruins. A lot of people will often bring up her financial privilege as a means of trying to invalidate her arguments, which, considering she was once a single mother struggling on welfare, is a little bit ridiculous because I think Jo is well aware of what privilege looks like. She doesn't live in some ivory tower where she's never known what it is to struggle or feel less than. And even if that wasn't the case, wealth certainly doesn't give women a protective shield from misogyny or male violence. And it seems to me that this level of outrage is reserved only for her, even over other people who say genuinely hateful things or even go out and physically harm trans-identified people. And this is all over her speaking out, out of a concern for women. Jo actually ended up returning her Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights Ripple of Hope Award after Kerry Kennedy said she was profoundly disappointed in Jo's quote-unquote attacks on the transgender community. Which is just, it's very ridiculous, considering that all she's done is point out that gender ideology negatively impacts women and that women should be taken into consideration alongside trans-identified people. Despite the misogynistic backlash, I think Jo has really stood her ground and she stood by women, which isn't an easy thing to do in public contempt. I suspect that eventually when the outrage over her expressing her very reasonable and compassionate views dies down, people have had a chance to think rationally about the impacts of gender ideology on women's safety and comfort, they're going to see that she was right. I know I did. 
Okay, thank you so much for listening and thank you again to my wonderful subscribers uh, for supporting my work. I really do appreciate it and it does make all the difference.